This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HardcoreHusky.com, covering Washington Huskies football with message boards full of debauchery and childlike wonder. Folks who are well-known in cyberland and not that dumb, except for our little fudgy who is wrong about everything. So come join the gang and register today for free at HardcoreHusky.com. And now it's time for the show. Well, for a brief moment there, it felt new and fresh, didn't it? Two drives, two touchdowns. First quarter at Husky Stadium last night, and the Dogs led Arizona State 14 to nothing. The Sun Devils looked like shit. Quarterback Dylan Morris for the Huskies looked sharp, and new offensive coordinator Junior Adams was calling plays by Chris Peterson in the 2007 Fiesta Bowl. A lot of creativity, things looking fresh, Huskies moving the ball, scoring points. The Husky sideline was all smiles and high fives as the 2,500 fans in attendance partied in the rain. As Jimmy Lake served his one-game suspension, interim coach Bob Gregory was on the cusp of entering the pantheon of Husky Immortals with undefeated career records at Washington, with Gil Doby and Marcus Tuiasosopo being the other two. Alas, it wasn't to be. Like Cinderella at midnight, the Huskies turned to shit. Suddenly, the Huskies couldn't move the ball. Morris started throwing behind receivers, and Junior Adams lost all creativity and feebly tried to running up the middle. The end result was a loss to another underwhelming opponent, Washington, in the process fell to three and four in conference play and four and six overall. The Dogs now need to beat both Colorado and Coug to close out the regular season just to be eligible to play in some crappy bowl game. It's deja vu all over again, but we're here to hash it out. And for the discussion, let's turn to our two intrepid analysts, Joey Dangerously and Wooly Doog, to kick things off. Gentlemen, as I always say, I use that term loosely. What are your thoughts after yet another ugly loss at Husky Stadium last night? Wooly Doog, we'll start with you this week. What's on your mind? Uh, my number one thing is I looked at the box score to confirm it. There was under six minutes left, and the Huskies were up by 10, and there was no way in my mind that they couldn't lose, <laughs> which is the, I don't my brain can even process how <laughs> pathetic that is. Uh, and I'm a pretty pessimistic Husky fan, but the fact that that was reality and it happened, the fact that, like, you know, like, logistically, I can't imagine, like, if that's, like, basketball, if you had, like, what, like, five minutes left and you're up by, like, 15 points and you're like, there's no way this team's winning this game. <laughs> that's how bad things have gotten. And they lost, but they were going to lose by 11. <laughs> they were gonna. They had less than six minutes left. They were up by ten, and they basically lost by eleven points uh, yep. to a, a team that did was again not that good. Didn't really seem that had really not that much motivation to win the game on the road in terrible weather. Uh, and yeah, it's just all hope has been lost. I was actually excited going into this game because I think the pressure had been hmm. taken off. You know. I think, you know, as a yeah. fan, I have a lot of – I have. there's a lot expected of me. So, uh, as a fan who had tickets to, tickets to the game but did not go, you know, there's a lot of pressure on me to perform. And I was actually excited. I'm like, there's no pressure. You know, if they win, we know they're going to lose. So, if they win, it's fine. And it's not Oregon. So, it's not like you're going to, like, have to – you'll hear a bunch of despicable people, like, you know, uh, chirp for another year. Uh, and – for a brief minute, minute there, I allowed myself to get lost in thinking, you know, this is going to be fun. Uh, it was. And then in the Washington way, not only did they they lose and they let you down, they didn't even make it exciting, which is part of the problem. They never never went back and forth. It was just once things turned for Washington, it was over. And their offense completely melted down. Uh, and it was another loss to a, you know, a team where, I we could get into it later, but I mean, how many times now have they lost fourth quarter leads in not this season and the last few seasons and just lost leads to teams? Uh, it's got to be the third, fourth, fifth time this year they've lost. They've been ahead and been ahead by a decent margin loss. Uh, that's all. I'm, there's no hope. <laughs> you're, you're you're not near Joey's gun, are you? <laughs> no, I I don't. I've, I no bridges gun, in Skagit County. Yeah, I, I want a gun, but I decided I could never have one for my own personal safety reasons. <laughs> I, 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 I have Husky fans can't have nice things. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never, I should have looked before he left last night. <laughs> 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 Yeah. <laughs> Where's my I, nine millimeter? Was, oh, oh my god. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh I think it was somewhere uh mid to late third quarter. Uh Willie Duke and I kind of <laughs> just laughing to ourselves like whenever Jaden Daniels would uh, pass the ball or look like he was going to pass the ball. We we're like, what are you guys doing? Do you not know the formula to be, to beat our team in, in the second, in the second half? And then Wasn't it was, that something uh, for a while. Oh my God. It, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's just one of those, uh, it, it's almost like we only, only we know the secret to beating our own team. <laughs> But you know they 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 figured it out though, and and what I found so amusing in in a, in a in a perverted sense I don't know if perverted is the right word but in a dark sense was that Arizona State's going down the field in the fourth quarter and they're running out of time they've got to score, um, they're just running up the middle over and over and it was like it's the first time I've ever seen the hurry up offense where you're running up the middle. That I, I I wrote that. I've never I seen that. that on the board. I wrote that on the board <laughs> that it was. Uh, oh, you did. Oh, you two, I didn't see that. Yeah, have you ever a two-minute offense where you just run between the tackles the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and, better and, put than uh, mine. Yeah. Well, and that drive that drive started out with with some uh, stupid gimmicky double reverse that the Huskies completely sniffed out, and it was uh, like a three-yard loss. So they were they were facing like second and thirteen or second and fourteen. It was like ah, no big deal. We'll just run, we'll just run it up the middle to get all our yards back. I mean, it was it was uh, completely pathetic. You know, when I was growing uh, up, and my uh, my late my late sister was four years younger than me. And uh, believe it or not, sometimes I could be a little bit of a jerk. And uh, so, like, when I was whatever, if I was, you know, 10 years old and she was six, I'd grab her uh, arm and I'd start hitting her in the face with her own arm. And then I'd, oh, why are you hitting herself? And that whole stupid thing. And uh, that that was what it was like last night with Arizona State. It just They could run, a, uh, run up the middle and it didn't matter – we weren't really lined up in a, in a manner to really uh, uh, stack the box and try to prevent it. But even if we did, I don't have the um, the faith that we could have stopped them anyways because we're just we're just a sieve in the middle there, or soft, or or whatever uh, description you want to make. And and it's so uh, overwhelming. Overwhelming is the wrong word. What do I want to say? It's so. Um, it, it it just saps all motivation when when you you can't even do something as basic and fundamental as having the uh, uh, hope that you're going to be able to stop uh, an inside run. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen their running back was like gassed. White was like, he was like they kept showing him on that drive, and he was like he was like worn down, and they subbed him out a couple times. But it's like I've yeah. never seen that like. Uh, like he was like absolutely gassed and he was uh, limping. Yeah, he was injured and gassed and still unstoppable. He's but again, I'll give him credit. He's a, he's a really good back. Getting run over by him, I I can take that way more than someone like Travis Guy, where I'm like like that just boils my blood. I'm like at least like Rashad White like looks like he he's like an NFL running back. So I'm like okay, like I can stomach this. Uh, but yeah, I've never seen that he was gassed. And then, uh, yeah, literally like a hurry up dive. And then to me, what it also <laughs> reveals, what it also reveals to me, which me and Joey were talking about before the game, is like I don't think their pass defense is that elite, uh, and I think that's one reason why they don't get out of this stacked box. Because uh, I mean, one, the pass defense when they really, really need stops, net, has given up a lot of back breaking stops. Uh, they gave up one last night. Uh, it was like third and 13, 16 on ASU. I think their touchdown drive to cut it to, uh, to take the lead. They gave up like a oh, third yeah. and 16. Uh, 
and I think they don't get out of their box because I think they don't stack the box because I think they know that then they're they would get exposed as not being this elite pass defense. I think the pass defense is probably just like all right. I think that confirmed it to me with the way they behaved in that 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 game. Well, but you're talking about the same coaching staff that made so many just countless of strange and curious uh, personnel decisions from the very first game of this year um, and not figuring things out until four weeks in, six weeks in, seven weeks in. So I don't know that I agree with you there. Uh, and at the very least, you know, and even if you're right, what harm would it be to just do the old Lambo nine, 1998 Lambo defense and rush 10 guys or whatever? And, <laughs> There um, must be something because you know, they won't do it. They will not do it. Yeah, they won't uh, do it. That, that's that's what brought it up is they won't do it. It's it's the same. Right, but I'm questioning we were, their judgment. Well, yeah, we were no, always, I, I, like, I agree. We were always uh, not sort of complaining or whatever because uh, it's not our team, but but we were like we we're like, what do these NFL teams see in Herbert besides the tall and big arm because all he does is throw like fucking tunnel screens and dump offs to running backs. Well, it turns out uh, he's, you know, they should, probably should have opened it up with him because they had a talented quarterback and we're, you know, we're always like, why, why are they not doing that when they mm. have a guy like that? Well, and we were like, we're like, well, probably, probably fucking meathead just wants to make his line look good and not give up sacks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly hey, what it still hey, is. Jimmy, hey, hey, Jimmy, Jimmy still, okay, last week, Jimmy didn't want to get his uh, his ass handed to him by more points than what it was, and that's why he yes. punted, right? So he's selfish. Yes. So there's a pattern. You have to follow, follow the pattern, and he's selfish, and he's still putting himself, you know, in the, in the mold of, uh, oh, hey, my, uh, my secondary, I can still, you know, put secondary players in the NFL. So if That's, they just play this soft defense. I'm, you might be right, but that just seems a little far-fetched that that, that would be going through I believe through anything mind. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the, the, you know, Donovan's pleading with him through the headset, and the other coaches are tugging <laughs> on his arm. Jimmy, we need to change it. Stop. No, we're staying the course. <laughs> so. Well, that type of defense, is it, it's just, it, it's set up for, uh, you know, for uh, Mount, uh, Boise State to be up by 30 points in the Mountain West is what it's set up for. It, it was never set up for, real Pac-12 play, I think we, you know, we got benefited, um, you know, five, five years ago uh, when the Pac-12 was, was just a a passing play, no defense league. And, you know, we caught lightning in a bottle that year. But here's, here's the thing, and hopefully I'm not interrupting you, but like the last three games in a row, what has been a common denominator in all of them? Other than it's almost like you have the same players and they're just putting on different uniforms and coming out every week. But if you really zero in, what is the the, the common denominator from the last three weeks? UCLA, Oregon, and then Arizona State. They all have really shitty quarterbacks, one-dimensional quarterbacks. And if you were to put any semblance of pressure on them, you could completely shut down the passing attack. And... That, that you know any any other year in Washington's history? Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> okay, from 1970 <laughs> to 2003. <laughs> um, you know, any year in there, the Husky defense would have uh, pretty much dominated the last three opponents uh, in terms of shutting down their offense, and and yet we lose. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the twenty, the twenty. I I think the twenty nineteen team would have would have beaten Arizona State last night. Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Twenty nine, twenty nineteen team would have beat them. Uh, yeah, it, it it it's just uh, completely frustrating to to watch uh, defense, 
you know, do it. You know, they were getting whenever he did go back to pass, they got pressure. The front line did get some. I think they got four or five sacks last night. And try then, that uh, too. Yeah, try <laughs> that too. And and no no middle fingers to put <laughs> anybody off and. Yeah. Uh, okay, but at one point, like in the early in the fourth quarter, though. Um, my God, I'm totally. What was the kid's name last night? Jalen what? Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels, and I'm hearing my voice coming back to me on the. I hope. Can you? I hate to do this, but can you guys hear? Can you hear me talking, yeah. and then my voice coming back? No, no echo. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna proceed with the if, yeah, everything I'm saying. I'm hearing coming back to me, but I'll keep going here. So, um, oh, what was my point about Daniels? Oh, but there was a point they flashed his stats on the screen, and I think it was maybe rough if memory serves me correct, there was like 10 minutes to go in the game and he was something like nine out of 12 for a hundred yards or something. And it's like, he shouldn't even been that good though. I realize those aren't all-star numbers, but he, you, he you know what I mean? 90, I, I think he only had 90 yards. I, I well, I'm going to go look really, it up now, but really 10, 10 of 16 for 90 yards. And that, and that, uh, that third and long play that, uh, Willie Dube was talking about that, that third and sixteen. That was to White. That he was their whole offense last night. Yes, he had. Uh, he was thirty-two carries for one hundred eighty-four yards, and then he had five receptions for fifty-three. They had uh, uh, five catches by um, receivers or tight ends. So they they could not they could not throw the ball and uh, didn't have to. Talk about depressing. That is depressing. That's horrifically depressing. That team, yeah. and I tell you what, and I was, I think all three of us were dead wrong, but I'll do the mea culpa for myself, but I was dead wrong on Michigan. I mean, obviously they're a good team because they're 9-1, and one, uh, and I thought they were, uh, were going to struggle to get to seven wins uh, after I saw them early in the year. Um. But, like, you know, looking at Arizona State last night and UCLA and even Oregon, they all looked like they were just the same shitty Michigan team that we saw in week two. They, everything seems the same to me. And it's like, yeah, why? it's the same thing I complain about every week, so hopefully it's not starting to, you know, get too uh, redundant or whatever. But any any regular year, the Huskies would just, a modicum of, of, of competent coaching, and they, they, they cruise to the Pac-12 North title, and they're playing in the, in the conference championship game. I mean, this, is, this league is an abomination. It's so bad. I it's mean, so it, bad. Uh, you look at the teams, and, yeah, I mean, like Oregon State, I said it. I think I was probably right when I said it after that game. I was like, Oregon State's going to go, like, win like eight or nine games with a team that an Oregon state team that usually would win like four or five games, but because they just have like some stability at coaching, they're going to win like same thing with like ASU to me. It's like they have some coaching and then you have like Oregon and Utah. It's like they have good coaching. They hire good assistants and coordinators and they're going to win their divisions easily just because that's all it takes this year. That's literally all it takes. And, yeah, I'll agree. Michigan looks good to me. I think both of their defensive ends are amazing. Uh, and, you know, I, I do think part of that, I think college football is a little bit down. So you can be, you know, just a kind of good team and look amazing this year. But, yeah, it's like that's the most depressing part. The table was set for Washington to, you know, right now, uh, again, I, I think, you know, we I think we plan on go, going into any, any coaching thing, you know, at another date. But, yeah, if they had just – went out and even hired like uh hired Jonathan Smith in 2019 uh they would probably be winning uh the conference right now and I'm not a big Jonathan Smith guy but that's just they'd at least be I think they probably would have beat Oregon and they would probably be, they probably would be winning the conference because I think Jonathan Smith would have had him up for that game and prepared uh being a beef uh yeah it's that simple to me it they would have just went searched out and hired someone you know in 2019 
that's how bad the conference is. The conference is god-awful. There's no quarterbacks. I mean, you look at ASU, no. UCLA, and Oregon, like we were talking about. Like, you combine those three quarterbacks, and they're still bad. <laughs> they're still, oh. uh, yeah. You take all the top skills of all three of those guys, they're the same guy. I mean, Oregon last night was running a straight-up option. They were, like, not even, like – not even like a RPO, like not even like a read option. They were like running like worse than like more old school than like the two option. They were running where it's like we're running quarterback dives because this is how bad <laughs> our quarterback is in, the, in our offenses. And this is how bad this conference is. That this is going to work. Like it's a, a, abysmal. But instead of doing a conference or a coaching search, uh, Jen Cohen to just turn to our uh, man child there <laughs> as a defensive coordinator. And, and uh, I, 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 you know, it just blows my mind that we wouldn't have done a coaching search and at least see if he could find somebody out there that uh, you, you – know, I don't know. It's the I, same I, shit that I'm saying week after week. Well, I, I, I just wonder how uh, – I wonder how surprised the whole department was with the Chris Peterson decision now. How caught off guard were they? So, well, as I was speculating then, and again, this is speculation, but I think I think he probably. I'm guessing that Peterson told Cohen that as far back as like October, that uh, I'm 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 burning out. And yeah, I took him ridicule on the boards there and stuff, but <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I'm not making I'm not making excuses for her. I, I'm just I, I'm just saying like if he. If he just sprung it like a couple of days before, and they were like, uh, "What?" <laughs> uh, that makes it even no worse. <laughs> yeah, you gave us no time. <laughs> you know? Well, what do we do? I don't know. Yeah. Why don't you hire Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you yeah, could do, like, I, either try. I mean, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm jumping into it because I'm trying to. You know, you know. There, I, I feel like I have a memory of a nugget of. I thought he quit before the Rose Bowl or kind of halfway quit, and they kind of talked – they had to really talk him into coming back to, in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. And that, to me, shows that they should have been way more – they Hello? We lose him? <laughs> yeah, shut up. Hello. Shut up, Wooly dude. Can you, can you guys hear me? <laughs> I can hear you. So you can hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. So we lost Wooly yeah. then? Yeah, good. He can get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Did not get, yeah, he... I disagree. <laughs> hey, Wooly, I, I disagree dropped. with everything you just said. <laughs> I had to, I, I had to drop Wooly off the call. I mean, he's just – everything he says is so pathetic. It was yeah. A, <laughs> it is oh, Zach. Oh, Willie, hi. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know what yeah, happened there. Eight, Honest uh, to God. Uh, the Skagit <laughs> River crested, and it took me downstream to take me out of my misery up here. Uh, <laughs> that might be the title of the episode. Yeah, <laughs> Crested, we're done. It's a hundred year flood. They used to tell us about in elementary school to try to scare us. Oh, yeah. For no reason. Yeah. For no reason. Just to mess with you. Uh I, just, yeah. if you think they were if you think they've been doing it with just COVID, nope. They've been they've been spreading they've been spreading the fear for for years up here. It's only a matter of time. You know, and here's where where's where your family is going to be dead, and, and the only only thing matters. The only the only time they interrupted it was to tell you about how the metric system was was to, you need to learn the metric system or you were going to die or and or they were right about one of them. China was going to take over the world and America wasn't going to be a a, a powerhouse. And surprise, surprise, all these losers who were controlling narratives to children kind of took over the world uh, took over the world and made these things become true as much as they could. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, 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 this is a long break for no reason, but I do believe that I thought Peterson had more or less resigned or 
said he was burnt out before the Rose Bowl or right after the Rose Bowl. So they had a lot of time, which to me would suggest that maybe uh, maybe they had already set up the Jimmy thing. You know, that was already kind of the gears were already in motion in 2019. Uh, and maybe that's also why they kind of had to look over the, the Quentin Pounds, which oh, we'll get more into this another time, the Quentin Pounds incident, because they were like, well, we're already committed to Jimmy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that's all inside. Yeah, that's and, our, uh, it ver- that's our version of the uh, that, that's our version of the uh, weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna find we're gonna find out in a year or two that wasn't true and never happened. <laughs> we're gonna be like we're gonna be like oh oh well what are you gonna do you know. <laughs> Well, I mean, we're recording we did, this we, on a we Sunday did what we morning. Had to do. <laughs> we did what we had to do. <laughs> I, I'm a. Uh, we're all assu- We're recording this on a Sunday morning. We're all assuming that Jimmy Lake is going to be fired later today, uh, but uh, but we don't we don't know that 100 percent for sure. So just to put in proper context for our listeners. Um, <laughs> So I just I'll just say this much. I find it incredibly convenient that the Quentin Pounds getting slammed up against the locker story is suddenly the front page of the Seattle Times today. What do you think? I do not think that there's any coincidence there at all. So And I think that's really true. Who better to go to than uh than the Seattle Times? (laughs) <laughs> hey, we need to we need to bury the program. Go to the Times. <laughs> well, I mean, my my assumption, and I, and I and I'm not basing on anything I know. This is just pure speculation on my part. But I, I'm thinking this is their. I'm guessing that um, here here's how I see it: is that Jimmy's hothead brother is in Jimmy's ear. He's got them all worked up. He got to sue. Jimmy's threatening to sue. And Cohen's then going, oh, you want to play hardball with me, do you? And then, uh, uh, hey, Mike Farrell, you know, Jen Cohen, you got a minute? And um, and then uh, here's here's some information in five people, but you can't quote who they are. <laughs> and uh, they all saw it. And then, you know, how's Jimmy supposed to counter that now? His, his bug is on the front page of the Seattle Times this morning. And once again, it's, you know, spreading and it's national news that uh, yet another incident, Jimmy Lake slamming a player against the locker. Um, he can't, he can't fight that. And I have no sympathy for him in this. And I have no sympathy for Jen Cohen because I think they're, they're two, uh, uh, they're both awful people in a sense. So, you know, I think this whole thing is shitty. I want both of them out, frankly, but, uh, that's it's just pretty me. specific. So it's pretty specific with the uh, quote unquote victim, you know, Qu- Quentin Pounds. <laughs> that's uh, that's his uh, that's his contribution to the program. He, he was here for like uh, he was here for like nine and a half years. <laughs> I forgot he was even. I'm, I'm like tw- I'm sitting there going, 2019 Quentin Pounds. <laughs> Wasn't he gone like two years before? <laughs> it's like every generation uh, Huskies have a have a Pat have a you know like the, the Pat before Reddick. Quentin Pounds it was like Pat Reddick and then before <laughs> before before Pat Reddick it was somebody else and before that it was somebody else like every generation has a guy where he'll catch a pass seventh game of the year middle of the second quarter and you're like. Well, what? Is somebody borrowing his jersey? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and then as I as uh, I, I don't know how far we want to go into this because like Wooly was trying to uh, pull up on this, so we didn't go too deep into the weeds on this particular podcast. But uh, I just find the whole thing just kind of disgusting and suspicious, and and if. If they knew all this detail, then why wasn't anything investigated and punishment meted out back in 2019 if it was that bad? So I'll just I'll leave it at that. So. so they had to hire him. Yeah. <laughs> right. No That's signs that he had any. Yeah. 
No, no signs I'm of any uh, temperamental issues or immaturity or inability yeah. to lead. Eh, let's throw it in there. Fake tough guy. Fake, fake tough, tough guy. guy. And we're back to fake yeah, tough it, guy. It all it all starts starts with fake tough guy. And it's not that Jimmy Lake threw Kirkland against the locker. Or whatever. <laughs> he threw the 170 pound guy against the locker. So that's a bully move. That is a classic bully move. The bully never calls out. Yeah, the, the bully never calls out uh, the guy who uh, I won't, I won't even go like yeah Kirkland or like Trey Adams like. Nick Harris, because the one thing I do like about Nick Harris is he he tried to scrap with Jonathan Allen in the Peach Bowl as like a six one two seventy freshman. He didn't call out Nick Harris and try to fight. He found the eighth string receiver who had been there for nine years with purple hair, <laughs> <laughs> who is like Bizarro Dante Pettis, and he he pushed him like that was going to get people motivated. <laughs> I. I, I need to make a statement and uh, <laughs> I need to make a statement and, and set an example. Uh, I won't go after Aaron Fuller or the Opera Boy. <laughs> I'll go after Quentin. <laughs> and you wonder though if like Peterson either witnessing this or hearing of it, you know, you think there would be an issue there, you know? Like, what are you like trying that, to look yeah. like? You trying to look like a man in the locker room there? Or a, <laughs> I, I I don't I don't yeah that you I, know I I found I found that whole thing puzzling too like okay well if Peterson's seen all this shit you know Marcus Peters punching Lake uh, and then and then uh, five years later there's another incident so there has to be that's a five year because that was two, 2014 when Peters thing happened uh, allegedly uh, right. In 2019, another alleged incident, right? So there's five five year gap. So there has to be more examples out there. Oh and yeah. This this seems like just a desperate, you know, desperate attempt by the athletic department. Like, did they call Quentin Pounds and he's just and he's just hanging out on his couch? Uh, hey, <laughs> uh, you know that you know that you know that nil deal. We've got a little something based on that. But, uh, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, whatever, how much? You know, it's like, oh, we'll give you a grand just if we can put your name in the paper. Oh, yeah, go ahead. We'll give you a new, we'll give you a new Subaru. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they, they, they put, they put his name, they put his name on the, on the janitorial closet or something. The Quentin Pound Center. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So, poor, 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 <laughs> where do we go from here? Poor Quentin. What's that? Colorado. We're going to Boulder. <laughs> well, to Boulder. oh, by the way, does does Quentin Pounds does he also get a uh, you know a, an eighty foot tall statue in the East End Zone or? Yes. There, I, I, how does this work? I posted it earlier this week. Well, oh, did you? J- J- well, my, my, my equation, my math equation, Jalen Red, eighth-year senior, five-foot-seven midget on Oregon, plus Ruparaki Fuavai, plus Quentin Pounds equals the salvation of the Washington football program. <laughs> <laughs> of all things. The, Jalen, Oregon doesn't convince Jalen Red that he's better off coming back for a ninth year and catching one pass a game. Uh, you know, instead of, you know, set up for his future, which I'm sure they've set him up very well for his future instead of kicking his ass out of Eugene and saying, well, it was fun that you were here and chipping. Him getting chippy probably leads to saving the program because if that does not happen, unless Kenny does another weird thing, that we're probably, you know, lost the same exact game to ASU and knowing that Jimmy's coming back next year. So that was – uh Thank you, Jalen Red. He caught the touchdown in the 2018 Oregon game somehow. Uh, so I'm still <laughs> mad of how you let some slow, small, gaggy guy in that game. He probably beat like Byron Murphy to catch it too. Uh, 
you know, because <laughs> that's the Oregon magical realism of Oregon football. Uh, yeah, realism. it was a back-breaking touchdown. So, yeah, no, Jalen Red to Quentin Pounds. That's the uh, the eighth-year senior weirdo wide receiver save, save program. That's my headline. The first, uh, the first two mem- the the first two members of the inaugural hardcore Husky Hall of Fame, Rufarati <laughs> Fluvi and and Quentin Pounds. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, but it, oh, but uh, I, I'm assuming you guys understood my joke though in regards to the Pat Hayden statue that's already in the end zone, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, because. <laughs> uh, by the way, how do you say his first name? Ruperaki. Ruperaki. Rocket. Ruperaki. Ruper. Ale ale. We're putting some. Uh, we're putting some blue oyster flair on his name. Rocket. <laughs> Rocket. I think technically it is Rocket. But Ruperaki. Well, I mean, he he. You know, but we're middle-aged and we're white. Well, I'm I'm like one thirty second Native American, but there you go. All right, <laughs> you're, you're um, not good enough to sell fireworks, pal. No, uh, yeah, they won't let me sell fireworks, and I and I uh, I was I was gonna make an off color joke, but I shouldn't. So, um, oh, I thought we were hanging with. I thought that was a good joke for Sway. No, I was just about to say if we were hanging with Sway. Uh, I would have uh, I would have let that one rip it. Anyways, <laughs> the Orkin man. Um, so, oh yeah. By the way, do we have any shout outs for this week? Quint Pound. Oh, I don't know. Quint Pound, baby. Grundle. Doug Doug Dujour, Purple Vase. Mar- Mar- <laughs> Mar- Marcus Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters. Fuivai. <laughs> Ruperaki. I don't I don't know the people's uh names well enough, but there's two really great posts I saw this morning. One was it was a tweet from someone else, so they don't get all credit, but it was like someone tweeted it, it was like a it was a screenshot of their phone that said like it was like fraud fraud incoming call from like fraud expected. It was like I didn't know Stark was calling me so late. <laughs> I, yeah. I've been getting more calls from scam likely lady lately, so he, he, he might, he might wanna be he, he might want to be coming back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're straight out of Austin. And somebody just uh, 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 fire his ass now is a poster, and he just posted an email that he got from Dogman, and it said, <laughs> good time to activate your Dogman subscription. <laughs> and he's quoting Kim Grinnells, and it says, there will be lots of people on social media trying to be first with the news tomorrow. We've been consistent and on the money the entire way. <laughs> the fact that The fact that he... The fact that he puts that in, like uh, the news tomorrow, is 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 means that everybody knows it's coming. So what are you first with? <laughs> and he writes, "Keep it here, keep it here." Yeah. Yeah. No, God. and no profan, no no profanity, or you're gone. I, I love it, uh, you know, from, from you know, JTT and Amika and all that being, you know, a, a good source tells them that we got them. Uh, from that, and then you've got the uh, – you, 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 you guys hired not just a home run, you hired a grand slam with Sark. <laughs> and then <laughs> he had the audacity to go onto their, uh, to the Texas message board and post that shit. And uh, it's funny. They've lost five in a row now. They lost to Kansas. It was Kansas's first road win in the conference since 2008. They were a 30 point <laughs> underdog. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! <laughs> we, we were watching. We were watching the end. Of, we were watching the end of that game. It was uh, myself, uh, Willie Doog, and Willie Doog the elder uh, watching that game. <laughs> we're all like, 
go for two, go for two, go for two. <laughs> like yelling at Kansas, right? And then, and, and then that woolly dude didn't say, you know, and I kind of felt, I kind of felt, felt the same. He's like, uh, I kind of, I want Kansas to win, but I'd almost, I'd feel really bad for Texas. They lost this game. It's like, really? Yeah, I, I kind of, well, you kind of feel bad for the fans. You know, if you look at the fans, like you don't want them to, you know. Well, what about the Kansas fans? <laughs> I'm, I'm, that, well, you that's what we're you want to feel like bad. You feel good for Kansas. You feel good for Kansas, <laughs> and you feel great for them, and it and it trumps anything that uh, you know you'd feel for Texas. But there's just a little shred. Like I don't feel bad for Sark. I don't feel bad for Sark or Quit. You know, uh, I don't feel, I don't feel bad for any of those guys. Uh, but it's like some of those Texas fans, you know. They uh, yeah. they're not in on the hire. There's there, there's that one Texas fan that responded to Kim that it was a more drunk version <laughs> of Tom. Her- this is a more drunk version of Tom Herman. And uh, and as somebody as somebody pointed out, you see all of his down votes and all of Kim's upvotes, and that guy that guy is just screaming at the top of his lungs like "fuck off, you guys!" I knew it the whole time. <laughs> Okay, but you want to talk about feeling pity uh, upon a, a fan base. I mean, what happens if, uh, you know, they fire Lake, Jen Cohen's allowed to conduct the coaching search, she ends up, uh, you know, hiring Justin Wilcox or whatever, and then we don't win another conference road game <laughs> until, like, 2031. Oh, come on. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying there's your feelings. Kansas situation. I, I can yeah. explain there's my feeling. Sorry. Yeah, sorry for Texas is, like – Last weekend during the Oregon game, I had a bunch of legitimate Cougar fans over, and my friend's like, look, the great thing about being a Cougar fan is that, like, it's way better being a Husky fan because it's like you don't expect anything. So this, I'm sure since Kansas, you're like, if you go late and almost beat someone, you have fun. You're like, eh, we shouldn't beat Texas. Like, let's have fun next week. Where you're Texas, you're like, it's like Washington, you know, on a grander scale where you're like, we should be winning every game, but then you just lose every week. It's just like it <laughs> destroys your brain. So I feel sorry That's for those true. people. And I feel sorry for the Texas. I think it's like Texas and Michigan where I'm kind of like I, they should be elite programs, and I think something's just wrong there. And then they have these rivals because it reminds me of Washington and Oregon parallel. Well, they have these like – sketchy rivals who kind of, I think also talk them into a rivalry that they probably didn't really want. And then they just have to everything for those programs. They just get beat every year and everything goes right for those programs. And then they just, everything they try turns to like just shit and everything. The other one tries turns to gold, even if it defies logic. So I, I feel bad for Texas in those regards, like Kansas, like sure. Kansas fans probably just as happy almost if they lost that game by one point. You know, they go back and they're like, we expect nothing. And we're like, Texas, you're like, it is a long, sad existence. And it's not Oklahoma. Like, if that was Ohio State or Oklahoma or, like, Oregon, I would be like, fuck yeah. Like, blow that. If it was Ohio State, I would be like, I hope Kansas wins by 500 and I don't feel bad for any of the dorks, too. <laughs> I'm sure continually yeah, yeah, yeah. on Mich- Michigan and Michigan fans. And meanwhile, they have a fucking huge scandal every every other week about shitty thing that their program does just to compete in college football. Uh, I, I don't think that's Texas. That we wish we would do. <laughs> yeah, that I wish Washington would do. So I don't feel bad for you when it goes wrong. I, yeah, I don't feel bad for Stark. Uh, he's just a pile of piles of garbage. Uh, no, but yeah, he's, by no way, he's, he's failing up. Well, he'll end up head coach of the Jets next year or something. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's a better job. <laughs> pick pick I me was, a school uh, that pick me a school that's just starting their football program next year, and that's a better job than the Jets. <laughs> did, didn't the University of Chicago start up just recently again? Well, they might have, but I, weren't they? I think they were. Uh, FCS, but uh, uh, we were we were also. I said uh, I asked Wooly yesterday. Uh, so you take out take out Gail Sayers, and who's who's the next most important person in Kansas football? <laughs> and it's it's Mark Mangino. 
Like, just picture Mark. Just picture Mark Mangino. Like, I can't even name another player. Well, Akeem Talib, but uh, and he was on. Oh, he was interesting. On, uh, yeah, he was on the Mark Mangino team, but it's like, it's like, yeah, you'd be you'd be four hundred pounds, beat a, a win an Orange Bowl, and then pop off. <laughs> And he got fired for uh, dropping in bombs, I think, right? No, he was, he was assaulting a player. Assaulting a player. <laughs> Is this you joking or are you serious? I'm dead serious. He he was uh, no. he was like assaulting players in practice, I think. I thought Mangino was dropping. Uh, let's see here, Mangino, Kansas, firing cause. I think Jim Levitt uh, had a thing uh, had a thing at South Florida too. Oh, he definitely did. Yeah, he got he was definitely yeah assaulted. abusing abusing players. Oh, before he got fired, they went from five and zero oh, five and zero oh start, and then they went and they finished five and seven. So that <laughs> might have had something. That might have had something to do with it. Well, he uh, he had uh, he had some. There was a scandal. It was. Uh... Anyways, I don't want to bore the listeners while I'm sitting here skimming around on uh, Google. But I could have sworn he said some racial things, and I got him in hot water. I think it was um, a mix usually, of, yeah, yeah. I think it was a mix of things. My memory is usually he, pretty good, yeah. but oh, he said hurtful things. Yeah. Okay, I'll type in Mangino, Kansas, bigot. Oh, he had he had inappropriate <laughs> physical contact with players. Oh, that can go a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, Ex-Kansas lineman Brad Thorson comes out. I think that's something different, though. Oh, that's from <laughs> seven years ago. I wonder, why did that get to the top of the Google search? That's weird. Anyways. Well, anyways, <laughs> don't want to bore the listeners, but well, uh, I guess I don't know how I probably doesn't pay to speculate when, as we're recording this, <coughs> excuse me, the Jimmy Lake firing has, isn't even official yet, but um, I guess in conclusion, uh, what, what closing thoughts do you guys want to have? Do you want to, do you want to focus on Colorado or do you want to speculate on, on the Jimmy situation or? It's going to be the same game next week. No. <laughs> well, yeah. Actually, I've looked at Colorado's defense, but they have a shitty quarterback. It is on the road. Who's mobile and can't can't throw, and then they have, a decent running, they have a decent running back. Uh, they ran, who I think ran well against UCLA, even though they ended up getting blown out. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we're in for the same game next week. So Colorado's two-minute offense would consist of about maybe two off tackles and six quarterback draws, right? Yes. Yep. Like, <laughs> like watching high school. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I think the Pac-12 the Pac- might as well run wing tees. I think that's how the Pac-12 gets back into football. Is It used to be the Pac-12 would, like, innovate, and it would be like, oh, like the, the a Pac-12 team's playing, like, Oklahoma or Ohio State, but it's like, they're probably way better on the lines, but, you know, the Pac-12 school has a good chance because, you know, they can throw the ball and they can defend the pass and, you know, they have fast defenses. But now it's like uh, maybe the Pac-12 can just go straight wing T and then, you know, confuse uh, confuse people, and that's how we're going to change things now. Like, everything's going backwards. <laughs> you know, the Pac-12 always used to be, uh, you know, sort of a – a mix between the uh, the triple option uh, Big Eight Southwest Conference schools and uh, BYU with the Lavelle Edwards, you know, wide open five wide passing offenses, you know, and and now it's now it's gone completely backwards to the you know we're all running the single wing and we're actually hiking it to the uh, to the running back. The quarterback, the quarterback's lined up over the guard, and he's just calling the cadence and and actually doing the lead blocking. <laughs> that's actually how the, 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 the that's how the traditional single wing was run. So, 
<laughs> Pretty fast. And Donovan, Donovan sure loved that wildcat, didn't he? <laughs> was there no wildcat? I last thought night? it was. Yeah, there yeah, was that no probably wildcat broke the string. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought it was done after 2019, and then uh, nope. Donovan comes in and he's like, he's like, let's take the let's take the formation the fans hate. It's not even polarizing. The fans don't like it one bit. After Miles Gaskin leaves, let's take that and let's incorporate that into my already boring offense. I think you, this year we Did saw it. the death of the of the the of the Wildcat and the the quarterback sneak. <laughs> well, you can, do death, uh, you can do it with. Um, uh, Jacob Eason, you can't do it with Dylan Morris. So, well, can I can I read you one more uh, Texas? Uh, of course, message yeah. message board post I just saw. <laughs> Someone posted, "Here's a deal for you, PK." Uh, Pete Kwiatkowski, if you're on the board anywhere, PK, I'll be in Austin this week. Let's fucking throw down. If I win you, you get the fuck out of Texas and go back to the West Coast. If you win, you can stay and coach your shitty too high safety defense. Spoiler alert, I'm going to kick your ass. Fuck you. If I if I were quit, I'd read that and I'd actually laugh. I think I think that was. Well, I'm glad we can laugh about some things here because it's really been a sad season. So, oh, so sad, yeah. Hey, it's, it's easy if you make the, if you make yourself and your team the joke. It tends to go much easier. <laughs> and uh, I guess I, I just saw something too. Somebody posted on Hardcore Husky, but I guess it's uh, you know you know that kid that caught the winning two point conversion uh, to beat Texas last night. Um, I guess from what I read earlier this morning that he had he was a converted fullback to tight end. And and had never uh, caught a pass until that play, and his well, parents were like in the end it, zone. It looked and they like took he'd video never of it. <laughs> that was the worst chest bump thing I've ever seen he, in my he, life. You know, he he he'd never caught a carrot, a salad, a piece of celery. He hasn't caught. He hasn't caught. It's just very uh, like, uncoordinated. Yeah, I feel like what, all those things you just said is why I feel sorry for Texas and why I, I, I feel like programs like Texas, Washington, and Michigan just keep having these things where, like, everything you just said is stuff that happens to them. You're like, <laughs> they lost a heartbreaking play. Not only did they lose, to, it was to a guy who, like, looked, like, uh, insanely out of shape, who's never caught a pass before, who's, like, converted and from a had- different position. And he catches <laughs> it. It was a hard catch. It was a hard catch. They defended it. The guy was there to, like, hit it out of his hands, and he still hung on to it. And that's what happens. I feel like that's, like, Washington. That's what happens to Washington. It's like the last play of that ASU game in 2017 where you're, like, future NFL Hall of Famer Vita Vea beats, like, beats a guy, hits Manny Wilkins as he throws ball. Ball goes over the head of intended receiver. It goes to guy who's literally never caught a pass named C.J. French Love, uh, who sounds like a made-up name, for the first down to save the game. Uh, then Jordan, uh, Taylor Rapp runs over to make a meaningless tackle and breaks Jordan Miller's leg, which later costs them the Stanford and the Penn State game, probably. <laughs> it's like that kind of stuff three, happens three, to you. <laughs> three, three NFL players against three players you'll never hear of or see ever again. <laughs> yeah, the Texas thing, it's like, and they, yeah, the went, guys, and they went out. <laughs> the quarterback should have been sacked. He rolled out, like, he threw, like, a backwards, threw, like, a blind pass across his body in the traffic into the end zone, caught by, like, a, a converted walk-on at it, like, guy who's never caught a pass before. He gets hit, and he still catches it to <laughs> make the win the game. So, by the well, way, Michigan's 9-1, you know. Well, Michigan, yeah, that's going to come. 
that's going to seem Ohio State's going to beat them 78-3, to three, and then all the <laughs> Michigan. It's – I promise you, I, whatever the line will be on that game, Michigan – Ohio State's going to throw for eight touchdowns against Michigan. That's – Michigan had a year kind of like this not long ago, I think, where it was like they just won, you know, close games and they played a bunch of teams that were, like, kind of good and they pulled it out. And then, every, then they got <laughs> – here's it was. It was – 2018, they uh, well 2016 and 2018 they came into the Ohio State game as a top four team. And then yeah, in 2018 they were number four. Ohio State was number ten. <laughs> they lost 39 to 62. Uh, oh, Michigan. I remember that. Had, yeah. yeah, they've had some decent years under Harbaugh, but it's just been like as soon as they get to Ohio State, the wheels come off the wagon. Uh, like even uh, 2019, they were number ten. And they had Ohio State at home, and Ohio State beat them fifty-six to twenty-seven. I mean, I think it's just like it's going to look great at Michigan until they play Ohio State. I'm just saying. A moment ago, you lumped uh, all three of us, Texas, Washington, I, and Michigan, well, into a group I mean, Mich- of cursed teams. <laughs> so Michigan's like, had, had a rough twenty-year 20 run. I mean, uh, they have, but they're they, nine and one. So uh, they were never they were never the same. <clears throat> They were never the same after Appalachian State beat them. And what was that? 07, they've really never been the same. Yeah, they've yeah they've had some years where I think also there was a lot of years where the Big Ten sucked and they won like eight nine games. They never really even had like a Peterson level Husky run. Honestly, I think since like in the last fifteen years, and I don't know if they've ever beat how many times they've beaten Ohio State like once in the past 20 years. I mean, it's not, it can't be a fun team to be a, a, a fan of, you know, you know, in my. What Washington's never been the same since they lost to Montana. <laughs> they haven't. I mean, I, I'm, dreading, I'm dreading that thought. <laughs> my Coop fan friend texted me. He was like, has Washington, it's been the 2001 Miami 65 to seven loss. Is that like when they, They've never really competed with, you know, Blue Bloods since then. But I was like, you know what? I mm. was actually, they got blown out by a, a losing record Beave team that year. I think that was the one where I I think it was. Yeah. It was 2001. Because they, they got blown out with under Lambra, Lambo sometimes by, like, Notre Dame and Nebraska and stuff like that. But that was the first time they played, like, an average Pac-12 school. You know, I think – in semi-modern football that I can remember. And they got just hammered by like a five and seven, uh, a beef team. I think that was when, honestly, I mean, there's other more memorable games where it's like Nevada, uh, you know, the, the, the two girls, won apple cup where it's like their war cataclysmic losses. But that was the one where you're like, they got blown out by a, you know, a losing record pac 12 team in the beef. Uh, I think Jonathan Smith may have been quarterback. To me, that's when yeah, that was when it all started to fall. And I remember watching it, being like, "This is over." Yep, like, that was wrong. Blo- yeah, I think losing at home to Cal. I think the next year, uh, they lost like they broke the Cal streak. It was like the twenty-year Cal streak. They lost at home to like a very just coming How up that Tedford that Cal team. Yeah, where it was another How one we were like. I think that was where the home dam broke, where you're like, before you were like, well, they don't lose to like at home to like, you know, mid level Pac 12 schools, like ever, almost ever, unless it's like a freak upset. But you're like, no, they just lost to Cal and it wasn't like a huge deal. They just kind of like lost. (laughs) It was like, those to me were the the turning points. And yeah, we're uh, more than, you know, the big. uh, The next year, the next year they lost to Cal like sixty-five to seven or yeah. something, right? And it was like yeah. Gilby's like first year, yeah. Fifty-four like to seven, yeah. Fifty-four to seven. It was like officially, <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> we're we're in some serious trouble. Which is what everybody, yeah. everybody says. Gilby Gilby should have been done that year. That was yes. Everything, every every bad, every bad decision. Um, you know, the program, anybody associated with the program has made uh, is always like way too late. We we could all see it coming uh, before before it happens, and 
you know, of course they don't listen. You know, it's just just like we can see it now. We've been seeing it. Everybody's yeah. been calling it out. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, nobody liked the nobody likes the Donovan hire. Everybody's like, all you have to do is like, is just look at what his history is. He he got fired, and then he went to an NFL team, and then he got demoted. That NFL team. And the team he left suddenly got really good on offense. <laughs> yeah. So, I, and then it did, you know, it just starts. Well, it just starts from there. You know, you know, why, why, why is, why is McGrew not playing? I, I don't know. We, we really want to keep trotting out Newton for no reason. <laughs> yeah, well, yep, and, and, and then we're still making these weird. We're still making these weird substitutions. You know things yes. like we we saw Pleasant you know return that uh, uh, that pooch kick and we're like Pleasant's playing why does he not get carries and then he got one carry you know uh, early in the fourth quarter or something and it's just like it's like it, okay is he really hurt or did he just did they just decide to never play him the rest of the year? I mean, they, well, Cam Davis is. Suddenly, it's like Marcus Allen with 38 carries or whatever he had yesterday. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but and, and another like and another costly uh, fumble. Yep. That gets uh, it. It get it got. Uh, I think it got recorded as a team fumble because you know it was a it was a handoff of you know technically a botched handoff or whatever. But uh, he he got a pitch to him just fine, and then he just didn't catch it and dropped it. I mean, it was, you know, it led to a touchdown. It's such a costly fucking play. I mean, yeah, we didn't get into it. We didn't get into Porter averaged eight yards a carry. Well, can we? Oh, we didn't get into that. That That was so bad. (laughs) One, it looked like he got the first down. And then two, it looked like he got targeted. (laughs) And neither yes. got reviewed. Neither got re- – like, in a world where, you know, last week against Oregon they were reviewing everything, how did they not review the spot on that or the targeting? Like, his helmet came off. Like, it, and his nose was bloody. Like, how oh, yeah. neither, right on the side – like, I think – oh, yeah, we were laughing too because uh, on, the, on the feed, on the TV feed, you saw the Arizona State coach – what did he do? He was like, oh, fuck. Like, that's definitely going to be, like, yeah. targeting. And then somehow the refs don't even look at either. And it looked like he clearly got the first down. Like, I mean, it wasn't even a question in real time. And then the guy walks out and gives him, like, not only is he short, he gives him, like, a horrible, horrible, horrible. A yard. Horrible. A yard. A whole yard short. I think he, he must have been a, a calling him, like, a slide is what I had to assume, which it was not like a giving yourself up slide. And then if it was the no, slide, he was, he was how running did he not forward. get targeting? <laughs> he was running forward. The guy hit him so hard in the fucking helmet. His helmet comes off. His his body goes you know goes back like he's doing a sit up, and his butt lands on you know the the yellow line. I know it's not official, but his butt <laughs> lands on the yellow line, and you're like. And the, the the line judge marks him a yard short. We're like, what are you watching that I'm not watching? And then they don't uh, – I we were screaming uh, just like earlier, um, you know, the Huskies – I don't know if you remember it, but it was deep in Arizona State territory. They had the ball, and they fumbled, and the Husky oh, players yeah. – the Husky players were, like, signaling it was our ball, and Hampton has got the ball, and he's running. TV doesn't show a replay. No, nothing. No replay. Arizona State hurries up to the line to snap the ball, which is a dead giveaway that something happened. And we're all going, call a timeout. Just call a timeout. Call a timeout. Burn the timeout. You know, it, you won't need this timeout if you get the ball you know, deep in their territory and get points out of it. You will not need that timeout. Call a timeout. They don't call a timeout. Arizona State runs a play, and then something happens. Uh, what was it on that play? And then they, and it was it was not even a re- you shouldn't even have been reviewed. And they they reviewed a play the next play. We're like, oh, yeah. why that yeah. play? 
<laughs> so then, then, then again, they should have learned from their lesson. This is why the whole staff needs to just get fucking gone. Everybody, everybody on that sideline needs to be gone. They don't learn their lesson, and on that punt where Race Porter takes a takes a shot for the team to get a first down, they don't call a timeout to to you know ask ask for a review, you know let the conference decide for review. They don't call a timeout, and I have no faith. Jimmy Lake would have done the same thing. He he probably would have just been screaming and bitching at the officials the whole time. And he would have, he Agreed. has no he has no cachet to you know get any points out of it. So and uh, yeah. I need to allow yeah. myself enough time to edit this before uh, I leave at eleven. <laughs> um, so I know we're on a little bit of a roll, but I have to also make sure I give myself enough time. But uh, I will say this. I was uh, texting this morning with a, a friend of mine who's a former UCLA player. I won't say his name, but it, we, I was talking about uh, I wanted to see us bring the Cincinnati coach out here, and he was saying he wanted to see Lane Kiffin come back to the West Coast, maybe to Washington. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not, not sure. That... <laughs> not happening. Not happening. Not happening, and we'll we'll go into it on our, on our next uh, coaching search podcast. <laughs> Not happening. Not happening. There should be big and news. If you're... <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, not not happening. And uh, if if you don't want me uh, if you don't want me COVID talk, then tune out of it. So there. If you don't spoiler alert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so all right. Well, there should be big news later today. We're assuming that. We're assuming they're not going to come out and announce that uh, Jimmy's been extended or anything. So um, we're assuming he's going to be uh, kicked to the curb. So um, that's I, all indicated every, everything, there. So. Everything is on the table with this uh, with this administration. Everything. Yeah, so they, they got to come out. Including, including them, including them, just trotting him out there like nothing happened. <laughs> You know, there's, yes. there's a two percent yep. chance. There's a two percent chance that'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you know, if, uh, if, if, if Cohen will Cohen will get rid of him if it means saving her own job. We know that. So, um, we'll see. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I'll talk. We'll talk real soon, then, guys. For sure. Okay. All right, see ya. Hey, bye-bye. Right, bye. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is which is a shit show of politics and strange news. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level of cyber peyote, peyote come join Swain's Wigwarm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I'll have to redo that one, but... <laughs>